that if you want to step into a different role and bring in somebody else, you need to draw a line in the sand one day and say, I'm no longer this, this leader at whatever that transition is. Welcome to the Worship Leader Essentials podcast brought to you by Worship Catalyst. We are here to help leaders learn how to do more with less. For more information or engage with us, please visit worshipcatalyst.com. We're so glad you're here today. Let's learn together. All right, I'm pumped today for the uh, Worship Leader Essentials podcast. And uh, the reason is because I get to introduce you to two really good friends of mine who serve together at a church in Ohio. I'll let you introduce themselves in a minute, but I think it's a really interesting conversation I want to have with them today because um, one of them was the worship pastor at his church for many, many years, and then he stepped into another role and brought in another worship pastor who's another friend of mine, and I just want to talk about that transition, and the reason is because um, there will come a time in every worship leader's life where they are no longer the best person to be on stage, okay? It just happens. Now, uh, hopefully that doesn't happen, you know, too early because, you know, churches are looking for the, you know, the 25-year-old sexy guy with more tattoos and things like that. But no matter what, there does come a time when we uh, have to transition and we bring other leaders up into that role and they start to lead and all that kind of stuff. So I just want to talk through that process and how they did it. So first of all, let's get to know you guys, uh, Jason Andino and Dave Bickers. Uh, so let's start with you, Dave. Dave is the seasoned leader who's been at the church a really long time. So kind of just let us know who you are and what you do, Dave. Sure. Austin, thanks so much for letting us tell this story because I do believe that uh, the Lord has worked not only in our lives, but in this situation. But yeah, in a nutshell, uh, I serve presently as the executive pastor for Urban Crest Baptist Church in Lebanon, Ohio. I've served the church here uh, for just over 20 years. And uh, those 20 years, I served as the worship pastor. But about two to three years ago, uh, my senior pastor and I began to talk about what his retirement would look like because he has served the church for 25 years. And Tom would begin to articulate not only to the congregation, but to the staff team and elders and deacons uh, what the next few years might look like. Well, as he and I thought and prayed together, we thought rather than me just kind of hang on as worship pastor and let's begin the process of grooming or looking for a new senior pastor, what if we looked at my position and we could look at a younger worship leader to come in and serve as our worship pastor? I could transition into the church's executive pastor and help him finish well. And so if that were a year later, two years later, five years later, whatever that looked like, we would have a new worship pastor. I would be set as the executive pastor. And so that's the process we began to pray over. Uh, we interviewed a few people. We looked at some couples. We looked at some different worship artists. We looked at a variety of different people. But pastor had met Jason at Walk Church in Vegas. We have a partnership with them. That developed uh, not only a friendship, but it began the process of the invitation for Jason to come on board January of this year and become our new worship pastor and for me to serve as executive pastor. Awesome. That's good. Awesome. Man, that's great. What about 20 years? 20 years, two decades of leadership in this same church, which is immediately astounding, I think. That's really mm -hmm. great. So Jason, what about you? So tell us who you are, where you came from, what your background is that led you into this place. 
Um, yeah. Uh, hi, Jason and Dino. Uh, I serve as the uh, worship pastor at Urban Crest Baptist Church in uh, Lebanon, Ohio. Um, and wow, my my context is uh, is 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 kind of interesting because I I I come strictly from a place of straight up obedience. If the Lord says go, we pack up and go. <laughs> um, and and really, I think that uh, my career before this uh, had a lot to do with, you know, touring as a, as a musician, as an actor, as an entertainer. Um, so we've always had such a, a get up and go life. Um, but there came a time where that, uh, that just wasn't fulfilling uh, that that need that I had. Uh, it, you know, there was something in my heart. Obviously, the Holy Spirit calling out, saying, there, "There's there's a purpose to the gifts that that that, that you've got." And um, you know, once once I finally was like, "Fine, okay," <laughs> um, there was a huge shift in my life that uh, that moved me out of doing you know shows and and you know rock concerts and tours and led me into uh, a church plant. Uh, in Las Vegas called Walk Church, um, where I uh, where I started serving under uh, Pastor Hayden Ratner. Uh, started learning a lot about um, you know not just being uh, a musician in the church, which I had been for a lot of years, uh, you know, on and off. Um, and and actually, Austin, uh, I got to throw some honor your way because you know I read your book and you mentored me for quite a long time. Um, and you know, one of the things that I learned from you right away and had to apply at, at walk was that, uh, you know, there are a lot of churches that are, that are desperate to find a good musician to just stand up front and do the thing, but there is something different about being a good musician and being a worship pastor, you know? So, uh, so your mentorship, uh, has, has actually gone a long way in, in getting me to this, uh, to this, this place, uh, as well. Um, because really, um, you know, without, uh, you know, without learning how to pastor a team, without learning how to uh, communicate well, see people's needs and, and really do that part. I mean, uh, I'm not sitting here right now. So uh, honor you, man. Thanks so much. Well, it's amazing the path that you've been on, uh, Jason. <laughs> you know, the, fir <laughs> the first time I met Jason, he was at a church called, uh, he was leading, he was uh, singing songs at a <laughs> <laughs> real you're real at a church yeah. in north las vegas and uh so i showed up on a sunday morning i think you probably jason had finished a show about two or three a.m got some breakfast yep. with your uh bandmates uh grabbed a cup of coffee went to the church uh slept in the car a couple of hours maybe and then we we're there for setup and yep. you had a hat on like a beanie and when you took the beanie off, that that mohawk was a good twelve inches tall. That was great. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And so uh, I love the way that you have worked for Disney and fronted bands that have won competitions and had opportunities to do Broadway and travel the world and all this kind of stuff and do cruise ships and everything else. And yet, right now in this point in your life, you say my talent is Jesus's talent. And I'm going to use it to honor him and to lead people towards him. So I just love that. So, so anyway, you have this background. You're at this church plant in Las Vegas. You get a call from a guy who's been leading worship at a church, a much larger church, for uh, for 20 years, yep. beloved. Did you have some fear stepping into a situation like that? Um, you know, with uh, with with the way the Lord has guided my path, uh, my 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 fears or my trepidations or my nervousness say just it doesn't it doesn't matter. He says go, I go. Yeah. That's that's something that I've just I've just learned to do. And the great thing is, you know, my my wife is the same way. All right, what are we doing? All right, do I need to pack now? 
okay, let's go. Um, so no, there, you know, obviously, you know, naturally you're going to have, you know, some, uh, some hesitations like, okay, what is this going to be? Um, you know, never been to, you know, rural Ohio before. Um, <laughs> what's the, what's the, you know, what's the, con- I'm a city boy. What is the, you know, what's the new context going to look like? Um, but, but really, I mean, the one thing, and I, and I, I'm going to just go off on a little tangent really quickly. Cause you know, it, as, as worship leaders, if you're, if you're okay at what you do and other pastors find out, you start getting emails out of the blue, like with offers and with like, Hey, you want to come over here? You want to come pastor Tom and pastor Dave did a, uh, did it right. They went to, uh, they went right to pastor Hayden and were like, Hey, look, we're, we're, we want to make this approach. There was an honor in that, that made me consider the offer seriously. You know, there were a lot of others that I was just like, why are you trying to be sneaky? I can't like, I can't follow a leader like that. Um, so there was just something really special about, you know, Pastor Tom and Pastor Dave, um, you know, being honoring to the pastor I was serving un, uh, under at the time and the church that I was serving in at the time. So that was indication one that this was something I could I should consider very strongly. So, Dave, you must have known that this transition was going to be um, a pretty big one for your congregation. Mm. Uh, Jason's younger. Jason's a different style. You've been there 20 years. You built every team that you have. What are some things that you knew that you were going to have to do to set up Jason for a win? You know, Austin, the very first thing, Pastor and I talked about uh, what the first three to six months should look like. And, and, you know, in our humanity, we scripted out, you know, the month of January. He wanted the month of February off, so I would be preaching right into our missions conference, right into a big spring, right into Easter. So, again, you know, we kind of had this this game plan, if you will. Matter of fact, late 2019, Pastor Tom said to our congregation, the year 2020 is going to be the year of change. Oh, God. Uh, In January, we we bring Jason on board. And what we did with the month of January is he and I co-led. We we shared the stage. Uh, We jointly would lead rehearsals, uh, devotional times, just to get to know the team. I wanted him to have an opportunity just to get a little bit of footing and for us to, you know, very visual to our congregation every week for me to say, you know, we want to introduce you to this new worship pastor, but uh, I'm still going to maybe lead a song. I'm still up here on the praise team, maybe one week or whatever. So we took the month of January to do that. The month of February, my pastor always takes a sabbatical month. So he had asked me to preach for four Sundays. That allowed Jason to completely lead for four Sundays, still showed both of us on the platform, but we were making this handoff. We were making this trade-off. We hit the month of March, and March for us is a big missions conference. It's one of the biggest things we do at our church all year. Jason had a lot of big things planned. We had all of this, and of course, as all of us uh, now know, right in the middle, literally in the middle, Wednesday of our missions conference is when we started to first hear about COVID. We first started to hear about a lockdown. We had missionaries calling, wanting to go home. And it left us in this spot where all that we had kind of thought and talked and prayed and and thought we had this great game plan, we were now just saying, okay, Lord, this is going to look and feel completely different. But here's the cool part of the story, Austin. Who better equipped to take us with not only technology, but where we would have to go with a much tighter team, a limited amount of prep and all that than a guy like Jason? Had it been the Tom and Dave show, trusted me, it it would look and feel much, much different than what we were able to do. We had a bit of an online presence in March, 
we videoed our sermons and they were posted uh, each week on Sundays where people could view them, but we were not posting the entire service. So Jason was able to provide leadership in that area, bring the team together, do some videos. Tom was able to record a sermon. And so we didn't miss a beat. And so what we had maybe thought and planned of, a lot of that kind of got pushed to the side, but it was very, very evident how we saw God leading in the entire part of it. I love how functionally you set that up for a win, right? Where you knew you were going to be preaching for a month. And so Jason was going to come in and lead the co-leadership. That's a functional part of it. The the co-devotional part, that's a functional part of it, all that. So Jason, let me ask you a question. What are some of the things, if you can remember, that Dave has said along the way, maybe even to his team, to the band or to the choir or who, whatever, that has that has helped you establish as now the worship pastor? Um, well, I think the 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 first thing that uh, the first thing that he did was intentionally giving me a soft place to land. You know, because uh, often we get uh, we get hired into uh, you know into a ministry, and it's like, uh, well, here's your team. You gotta you you gotta hit the ground running, and you're working Sunday. Um, and it's, you, know, you don't have time to, um, to warm up relationships to, you know what I mean? So it was, it was great that he was there and there was that, that little overlap and that, that idea of passing the torch, but to hear him say to the team, Hey, this is our guy. Um, you know, as we make this transition, you know, your, your questions are for him now, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, which is like, Oh, okay. We're, we're, we're really doing this, you know? And that, yeah. You know that, and, and come on, we're not we're not just talking about a worship pastor that's been there for twenty years. There are a lot of people uh, in the band, in the orchestra, singers, so on and so forth, that have been here that long as well. You know, and, and you know, and for them, uh, how do how do I say this best? When a leader that has that much time and love invested um, and has built that kind of trust can say, "This is the guy," and I believe in him. You've got people who are like, well, I mean, I trust Dave, so I can trust this guy too. And that that is invaluable. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, obviously there are still some people who are like, man, I don't know. (laughs) But, but for the most part, you, you, you know, just having that endorsement from somebody that, that the team loves, trusts, and has been in the trenches with that there's nothing better. Yeah. Full credibility there. So I'm, I'm thinking like, I'm hearing you say that if, if there's a leader that at some point wants to change roles and bring in someone to be like, first of all, there's got to be the humility of somebody like Dave to say, he's your new leader. I'm not the guy. Yeah. Like, I I don't know if we can, I don't know if we can properly articulate the humility that that takes. That's real. You know? Yeah. And so, so that, that, that's part of it that I just want to, I want to make sure that we all hear today. That Absolutely. if you want to step into a different role and bring in somebody else, you need to draw a line in the sand one day and say, I'm no longer this, this leader at whatever that transition is. Mm-hmm. And then I'm hearing the second thing being, uh, it makes it a lot easier when you are loved and appreciated and trusted Yes. to say the next guy is the leader where everybody listens to him. So that's, I just wanted to repeat that because yeah. I'm hearing both of those things come out loud and clear in what you're right. saying. And, 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 and the third thing, I mean, you know, we obviously, you know, when you, when you enter into a, uh, a new situation, there are issues that arise. There are, you know, there, there are, uh, there's a different kind of pressure. Um, and there's one particular conversation that I had with, uh, with Pastor Dave on the phone um, when an incident arose. And the words that were the most encouraging to me 
that made me go, man, it, this is going to work out fine were the words, hey, man, I believe in you and I got your back. When I heard that, I was like, Let, let's go. Let's do this, man. Yeah, let's yeah, go. That's great. Well, um, so you guys are way different. I know you I know you both pretty well mm -hmm. <laughs> for a while. Dave is our connector for the Cincinnati area for Worship Catalyst. Yep. You know, I already told you I've known Jason since Mohawk. Yep. And so... <laughs> 10 years. Uh, <laughs> 10 years now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. 10 years. That's right. And so you guys are way different. You know, I mean, way different. I, mean, I can't... I can't think of very many ways where you're the same, okay? You have different backgrounds, you have different musical styles, you have different personalities, you have different ways of leading, you have different experiences. Mm -hmm. So I, I got kind of two questions. Maybe you guys pick which who wants to talk about this, but one of them is how is the, how is the team, mm -hmm. and this is a large team of orchestra, choir, praise team, band, all this kind of stuff. Yep. How have they responded? And then number two, has there been any weirdness along the way? between you guys or in this transition that you would be willing to talk about and how you've navigated it? Well, yeah, I'll speak to that first, Austin. Uh, weirdness, no. I, I mean, I, I can't think of a, a, a day or a moment or an example that I would categorize as, you know, maybe just really off the wall or weird. Uh, naturally, as Jason kind of alluded, you know, we had a handful of people that just said, listen, I'm I'm not going to go with that vision. I can't go in that direction. I think you have to expect that with any change in any kind of a transition. Um, you know, you pray for those people. You, you hope that maybe they might return. But honestly, if they, they don't see where the vision might go, then that's okay. But the good thing about the transition that, that I just want to brag just a little bit uh, to, to Jason's credit here is I think as long as the new person coming in has a clear understanding of the vision of the church, of the vision of the senior pastor, and, and kind of what God is already doing, then that will play to his full advantage because we're, we haven't really reinvented anything. Absolutely. Different style of leadership. Absolutely. Different stage presence, different style of coaching, different style of leading, but same vision. We're about connecting people to Christ Jason gets that. He understands that. He knows that the team bought into that long ago. So he doesn't have to reinvent anything week after week. He knows this is the DNA of the church. It's the identity of the church. And so there's not that shaping and forming of that, but it's using the people that are already here, the people that are committed, sold out to Christ, talented. They love serving. And again, I think if uh, Tom and I, we can affirm to the congregation this is the man that we believe God has brought to us. Uh, I think with 25 years of senior pastor and 20 years of a worship pastor, <laughs> like he said, the majority of the people are going to say, listen, if these guys trust this young guy, man, let's just get on board and let's go. And, and that's been such a positive for us. There's been the handful, but I can't think of the weirdness that's led us to any kind of a conversation of second guessing any kind of decisions or anything like that. Mm. Yeah, that's I awesome. Feel. That's really good, man. Well, I, I just really honor this process that you guys have been on. I really do. And I, and I, I here's, here's what I see sometimes. I see, I see leaders try to hang on to something with a death grip, like white knuckled mm -hmm. to a leadership uh, role, position, whatever. Yeah. When they could be developing, bringing, you know, people up through the process to be the leader and them to step into their next gifting, you know, yeah. because like I said, 
worship leaders can't do this forever. You know right. what I mean? There is a shelf life to mm-hmm. us. And so, uh, there's, but there's not a shelf life to our leadership and our ability to serve and lead and evangelize and That's all right. that kind of stuff. That's right. But in terms of being that stage front person, man, I was just, anybody listening to this, just think like from an early age, always be developing the next leader yep. under you. And these transitions, uh, won't, won't be difficult like, uh, Jason and Dave have shown us. So, all right, I want to shift gears here and just one last uh, little conversation here that has nothing to do with that. But I just, you both have been worship leaders for a long time and you both are great at what you do. And this podcast is the overarching thing is to help us to do more with less. And so I wonder mm-hmm. what you each do or Dave have done on a weekly basis to, you know, just improve at your craft to be a better worship leader with the time you have. Yeah. You know, I, I love that question when you send it to me, Austin. One of the things that uh, in my personal life that I've tried to do for a lot of you, years now is I calendar weekly uh, a time that I can talk to another pastor or another leader that I greatly respect. Uh, they don't have to be maybe per se a worship leader. Uh, they don't have to be uh, someone of my generation. Uh, they don't have to have even a, a lot of the same likes and dislikes but I believe that iron does sharpen iron. And I believe that when I can have just a conversation with another leader that, that I love, that I respect, that I admire what they're doing, that's going to make me better. And, and yes, I try to read. Yes, I do my own personal study. And I try to have those disciplines. But there's something about just picking up the phone or meeting somebody for lunch and just having that conversation of what is the Lord doing in your life? And would you allow me, maybe I've got a couple questions, a couple things I'm working through. I, I'd love your advice. I'd love your counsel. The weeks that I don't have that, um, it's just like that little void that I, that, that I wish I did. And so to younger leaders that are listening, find those people that you can build into your life. Um, I truly believe the biblical principle of the elders building into the lives of the young. I want to have somebody that I can hand something to. And, you know, part of this transition for me personally was um, I didn't want to be known as the guy, you know, Dave stayed just a little too long. You know, I I think there's a time and a season that you can know this feels right. And like you said, it's not like I left the ministry. I left a part of ministry that I love and enjoy, but I'm able now to shift my attention and hours and ministry devotion into a pastor that's going to be making some announcements. And, And it's like I've shared with a lot of people. I don't know that I would have gone looking for an executive pastor job, but I'll do it here. Because yeah. these are people I love. This is a pastor I love, a staff I believe in. And if it helps him and the church to take the next step, why wouldn't I want to be a part of that? Yeah, that's, I mean, that, that's a beautiful thing. That, that, that feels right to do in ministry. I just appreciate that so much. We'll get to you in a second, Jason. But I love, Dave, that 20 years, man. And by the time you're done, who knows how many years that'll be because you've got so much life left in you to, to serve God. I mean, just like, I mean, maybe another 20 years. But the thing is that... Um, to make a commitment to a church like that, I just love that so much. Like to say, I am going to pour my life into this people, this town, this church, you know, this movement. Uh, I think that is a lost art. My dad served at the same church for 32 years, I think, uh, before he retired. And I just learned so much from that mm-hmm. just consistency. It's, it makes such a yeah. difference in serving people's lives. When you can have them in the youth group and then marry them and then watch their kids and then, you know, bury their dad, mom and all that kind of stuff. It's just such a great honor. Yeah. So what about you, Jason? What are some things on a weekly basis? Um, Well, the, the cool thing, you know, the, the, 
the extra bit that I have is that, you know, Dave is making all those phone calls every week and, and, uh, and, and soaking up all that knowledge. And I just have to walk down the hall and talk to him. Um, so, so that's the, you know, that, that's how I get, uh, that, that's how I get a lot of, uh, a lot of my mentoring right now, really just, uh, getting to, getting to learn, uh, you know, and, and soak up, you know, the wisdom that, that he's gotten, that he's built up, like you said, over, over two decades serving this one body. Um, but you know, another thing, uh, you know, that I, that I would just encourage, you know, uh, young worship leaders to to really think about and focus on is it you know it while well, it, it's as important to practice um, your pastoring skills send send those emails make those calls give touches to the team as you would playing your guitar or playing oh, your keys great. or or rehearsing oh. or even listening to worship music um, so I mean. The music part for a lot of us is super easy. I mean, it's just what we do. It's it's our natural gifting. But a lot of time, uh, a lot of times we uh, we neglect the you know. Hey, I heard you. You know, I, there's a person on my team whose nephew was in a, a motorcycle accident three weeks ago. And every week, every time I see him, or you know, if I'm thinking about him, hey, how's how's your nephew doing? By the way, yeah. And it's it's so amazing to see you know, just little touches like that start to um, start to instill. You know, you know, just deeper, uh, just a, a, just deeper affections, uh, a, a stronger relationship, and eventually, you you know, you've got you've got members of your team who will go to the ends of the earth for you because they know you care. Um, so I think you know the, that's that's one of the things that you just need to practice. I need to practice it. It's yeah. it, you know, it used to be very very low on my list. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and Austin, you actually have personal experience in this as well. When I first started going to walk. Um, as you were, as you were kind of guiding me along, you were like, Hey man, look, the music thing's on lock. Get to know your team, pastor your team, hear them, pray for them every day and, and reach out. And man, that made such a huge, huge difference. So that's my encouragement to, uh, to young worship leaders. You're good at the music. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Pastor your team. That's so good. Ah, love that, man. That's good. I love that. Making that a weekly practice. Yep. Ooh, that's good. So good. All right, guys, man, I am so thankful for your time. I'm so thankful oh, thank for you. uh, your story and uh, uh, thanks for joining us. And uh, for everybody listening, if you uh, have enjoyed this podcast and other ones, please subscribe. And uh, we'll be back next week with some more uh, really helpful information to help you do more with less with some other awesome people uh, who want to talk to you uh, about the story that they have. So anyway, God bless you. Have a great week.